The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin joins with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. And we look at the way the markets have been trading, especially on a Friday. Nice to see the green on the screen and end up on a positive note, Sue, because there was a lot of struggles this week with this grain complex. Well, there was, and beans closed higher for the week, so that's a good thing. And uh, we look at wheat, and it's gotten some nice reprieve and a higher weekly close, which after six to seven weeks, well, actually it was six weeks consecutively lower, and then we came in on Monday and made a little bit of a lower low and reversed out of here. That's been in the past kind of a typical behavior for wheat, that it will get a reverse after six to seven weeks or that seventh week of lower lows. Um, you'll reverse, and then you'll rally for about two, maybe three weeks. And then you kind of, if you're going to turn around and come back down, you will. But uh, the high winds, there was reports of wheat blowing out in Texas and in Can- or Oklahoma. And then, you know, we know how wet it's been. Um, you know, the wheat doesn't like to be really, really wet. And so it's going to be interesting as the crop's breaking dormancy to see what kind of condition that wheat's really in. And it's not just the hard red wheat. It's the soft red as well. So... That's going to be of interest. And then all the talk of China coming in and um, buying three to five million metric tons of corn, not confirmed yet, but still, you know, we all know where there's fire, or where there's smoke, there's fire. And uh, I look at uh, the Pacific Northwest, and they say that's where it's going to go out, although they try to say, well, but freight and um, basis levels don't imply that they're buying but where, what better place to take corn uh, out of the country than the Pacific Northwest, even beans? Uh, because that certainly would be a lot cheaper with the basis level so discount at this time. You know, at this time, though, we, does it really matter where they take the beans out of as long as they're making a purchase and kind of continue to fulfill what they promised they were going to do? No, actually it doesn't. It's all psychological and we're working our carryouts less. Um, But it's a good thing for farmers in North Dakota and South Dakota. It's a very good thing for them because God knows they've had their share of issues trying to get rail and everything to go out to the Pacific Northwest to be able to get crops moved. And so this is a good thing for those farmers as well. But when I look at uh, the market, and then soy meal. Um, soy meal has a seasonal around the 17th of March that you look to be a buyer. And, you know, soy meal's trying to get firm. Charts look like it's getting ready to break out. So I think it's, it's a market, and if you get meal moving, that'll help stimulate the bean market too. And that's, that's good news as you look at this complex of everything that's going on. And, and you and I were just talking before we started the final bell about the Mississippi River and the concerns that are there with that getting ready to leave its banks, that just causes for another lack of export opportunity. Oh, exactly. And it's not just the, the big rivers, too, you know, because being able to get barges moving down the river to the Gulf, it's also the concern of these gravel roads. Farmers can't, they're loaded up. Farmers are the holders of a lot of corn and soybeans and wheat, but especially corn and soybeans. So, you know, you look at the fact that farmyards are in bad shape 
and the gravel roads, you, you know, we thought all along there'd probably be restrictions this year because of all the snow, but not dreaming everything would melt almost all at once and create all this flooding and, you know, take the bottoms out of these roads and, you know, bridges have gone out and gravel roads themselves, some of them have just absolutely gone out. It's, it's a bad deal and that means grain isn't going to move very fast. And if you noticed on the deliveries this year, and for the month of March, the commercials were there taking everything right up every day. They just consumed them. There were no retenders. They just kept taking it as fast as they could take it. And out of the one thing that people did not pay, not even talk about, is the fact that Costco Grain, or Costco International Grain, which is a state-owned agency of China, was taking the lion's share or the biggest portion of soybean deliveries. And nobody talked about it. Then in wheat, you had out of uh, Chicago wheat, soft red wheat, out of Toledo, Ohio, was where all the deliveries hit. And the Andersons Group, which is a, a large elevator group through Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio, took every single delivery. And it makes you wonder, where's that wheat going? Down the river? We're going to have to watch the ships for loadings to see where it's headed. That's interesting. Well, I thought it was very interesting when Costco was taking all the beans. Yeah. I, or not all of them, but the biggest share of them, the larger percentage, at least 80%. And like you said, there has not been a lot of talk about that. No, not at all. It's like it's been totally ignored. And the thing is, everybody's so used to uh, pr- the um, private exporters reporting through um, a FAS about, um, you know, sales that they're making and, you know, what's being sold to China or what's going to unknown destinations. They've gotten so caught up in that that they weren't paying attention to the deliveries this year. It's just amazing. And I think we're looking, I really believe there are a lot of similarities right now to what's going on right now politically and also with our commodities and interest rates, currency. I think there's a lot of similarities, and there's a big trucker strike. I'm hearing a national trucker strike to happen in April, either April 12th or 19th. Well, there's a lot of similarities going on to back in the 70s when we went through the great grain robbery when Russia came in and took all of our grain and then we had some weather issues and prices just exploded and we had a lot of inflation. I think we're looking at something very similar. Well, you always say history repeats itself. Just not always in the exact same wet manner. (laughs) Exactly. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up here on the Fontenelle Final Bell. I've got a producer question, a grain uh, producer that is question. We're going to start out this next session with a look at the livestock as well. Lots happening. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Sue Martin's joining us with Ag and Investment out of Clarion, Iowa. Well, before we went to break, I hinted we did have a, a grower uh, question. It is coming from a, a grain producer specifically, Sue. And they're wondering, because of the flooding that we're seeing here in Nebraska, we know it's in Iowa, and it's going to continue. This isn't something that's going to end over the weekend. Uh, facilities like ADM, for example, in Columbus, where they can't even get into the town, but other facilities down the road as well. Could he see or could we see a fluctuation to the positive in those basis prices for the grain that needs to get sold? Well, I think so. Basis especially will be the first thing that will really start to go. Um, and that's that's a good thing, although how you get it there. 
you know, you can't reach in and get it there. So um, it's it's a situation where, yeah, the basis will go up, but your, your hands are tied if you're a farmer unless you're on a on a hard road. And so it's, and then you can't even get into the town from the sounds of it. But other locations, same thing. Uh, basis levels will be improving. And I tend to think that another thing that will help with the fright prices of corn it's possible we're trying to put a low in year for a minute and then start to work higher. You've got the Delta really running behind time in getting stuff planted. You know, they won't, their, the forecast is continuing to show a strong storminess jet stream that's going to come through starting around March 24th and beyond. We go into April and April's to be cool. Well, that doesn't help you dry down very well. So the South and the and the Delta is looking at late planting this year. You know, they may not get a chance to really get in and get much of their crops in until they get more into April. Then you look at Iowa and Nebraska and, you know, maybe Illinois might be a little different, but not a whole lot, until you get more down around St. Louis, somewhere in there, then they haven't had the snow. But, you know, you look at a lot of large area of the Midwest, and I'm thinking we're looking at a time when it's going to be tough to get crops planted on time uh, this year. I think uh, we're looking at, you know, we have a late Easter. Usually late Easter goes with late spring. And I kind of think that's what we're looking at. Now, a year ago, April was pretty nasty in, throughout much of the Midwest. Not so much in the south, but up here. And, you know, we got into May, and it turned off warm and dry. In fact, we went in in Iowa to the warmest, I think second warmest uh, May on record, and crops got planted very quickly. So farmers with that large equipment can sock it in the ground pretty fast if they get a chance. But they have, they're have they kind of behind the eight ball this year, too, because of the horrible fall we had and the late harvest. You're looking at a lot of farmers that have a lot of field prep to do and also fertilization. They can change their attitude if they want to plant corn and switch to beans. If because they're late, they can do it this year, but they still have field work to get done. So they're kind of starting off with behind the, the eight ball, and then we've got this weather that we're dealing with. All of this ties back to the grand solar minima, and that a lot of people don't really talk about, but that's what's helping cause this issue. You know, I was on uh, a Facebook Live program right now with the, the Farm Life, and it's a bunch of producers from all over the United States, and that seemed to be the theme last night as a couple of different growers were talking that they have had this little window they got in and planted a little bit but they've got a lot left to do and they were talking about having to switch acres and and looking at corn as the option i a peanut grower is making comments that he's way behind not only in planting peanuts but getting his soybean and his corn in the ground he made the comment that he sees that affecting those to the north more than it is to them when that planning intentions report comes out here in a couple of weeks I think so, too. I think that that's going to be real interesting. What might happen is we get the planning intentions, and maybe it it hasn't changed a whole lot, but you get into the final in June, and there's the one that really makes or breaks the the marketplace Um, just because so much can change yet beyond the end of of March. Real quick here before we uh, wrap up, I'd like to get your thoughts on the livestock side. We saw some sharp gains in the cattle. Is that kind of setting maybe a new tone going into next week? Well, I think we'll be firmer again as we start the week out next Monday. 
on livestock. I look for hogs, for example, to hit, well, like July hogs. I think they'll go to 90, 92, 30, something like that, probably on Monday. Another limit up, well, actually, limit will now be 450 on the hogs uh, because of the limit moves. But I think they'll certainly see a dicey day again on Monday. The July hogs have a gap on the chart that fills at 92.30. And I think if there's any time to fill it, it's now. And then I look at the cattle and the feeder cattle and the death loss that we're seeing in Nebraska, the Dakotas, and then, you know, even the western side of Iowa. I just think it's horrendous. And that's something that's going to come back to haunt more as we move into summer. Lots of things to think about. What's the best way to get a hold of you, Sue? Well, our number is 1-800-527-0051. And you all have a good day and, my goodness, dry out. Not literally forever, but just to get you past this. Very much so. Thanks so much, Sue Martin, joining us. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle and all the local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.